All right, let's turn in your Bibles this morning. We'll be in Psalms chapter 101 this morning. Psalms chapter 101. As we come to the end of November, many people begin to think about the coming year and what happens and what will happen in 2023. That just doesn't even sound right. 2023 is just around the corner. A lot of people focus on uh, <clears throat> this idea of their New Year's resolutions. Um, what am I going to do? How can I become a better person in 2023? And again, this is not just for the world, but it's for us as believers. Oftentimes, we, we may look back and reflect on our life and what we're doing, how we're doing things, and we want to become a better Christian. We want to be uh, better believers or uh, get a better understanding of God's Word, be a better witness. Uh, there's a variety of things that we can look at as we look forward to a coming year and try to set some goals for our lives. And these are all great things, and oftentimes we focus on them, and we, we may even start out right doing them, but... How do we start and how do we stay right? That kind of usually comes up where the problem lies is, yes, we have those goals. We have those uh, uh, directions in our lives, but how do we start them and how do we keep doing them? It seems like that's one of the biggest things in the month of, of January, beginning of February, is, is where are people at with their New Year's resolution? Oftentimes they'll say, yeah, I started and then I quit, or I started and I fell away, or things distracted me, whatever the case may be, we never get back on track. Well, this morning, I want us to look here in Psalms chapter 101, and we find here another Psalm of David. Now, if you were to look at different study Bibles, there's different ways uh, different people have categorized, I guess, uh, you would say to this particular Psalms. Uh, some may say it's a, a walk in integrity. Others may say it's a, a promised faithfulness to the Lord or a vow and profession of godliness, um, Especially in some study Bibles, you'll find just underneath the reference, it gives maybe a, a description of what is to come or what this chapter is about. And that may be some of the ways people look at it. But I want us to look at here Psalms chapter 101. And we're going to read the entire chapter this morning. We're going to cover the whole thing, all eight verses this morning. But let's look here, cha uh, chapter 101, verse number one. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person who so privily slandereth his neighbor. Him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart Will not I suffer? Mine eyes shall be upon the household, or excuse me, upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. But that walk, but he that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers. From the city of the Lord. In these eight verses, I want us to look at what David identifies as how to get right and how to stay right with God. How to get right and how to stay right with God. So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get started this morning. Lord, again, we thank you for the time of praise that we've been able to offer you through our, song, uh, through our singing, through our encouragement. 
And Lord, I pray that you would help us now as we've opened up your word once again to, again, praise you, but also understand more of what your word has for us. Help us to read here what David has penned and allow us to apply it to our lives. Lord, we love you. And again, we thank you for our time here this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me, again, get my mind focused and not get distracted or not get ahead of myself, but again, to be able to present this message that you've given me. Lord, direct hearts and lives this morning. We thank you. We love you. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen. It was 128 runners in the field of the cross-country race in the 1993 district or Division II World Championship of track and field. As these runners set out to do their 6.2-mile uh, run, the race course uh, officials had set a path that they were to follow. And as they were going, there was one runner that was probably middle of the pack that noticed the crowd had continued to go and didn't make the turn as they were instructed to do. He began to wave and yell, hey, you're going the wrong way. And he decided he was going to follow the track that had been identified by the race officials. There were four other people behind him that continued to run. Now, the ones that had gone ahead, the ones that were on the wrong track had finished early because their race was much shorter than these others. And as they appealed to the, to the race course officials, <clears throat> the officials decided to, to make the abbreviated course the official course of, for the race. So that means the, the, the man in the middle, the one that was screaming and yelling, had finished 123rd in the field behind all the other runners that had gone their own way. You know, the world doesn't always reward those who stay on track, both literally and figuratively. But on the path, we are to follow what is important to God. One day, those of us who have already trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior will stand before the God, and we will be evaluated for our service and what we've done in this life. Our entrance into heaven, of course, has been made sure. It's taken care of as if you've accepted Christ this morning. We don't have to worry about that. But we will have to stop and think about the rewards or the loss thereof of the things that we have Gained or not. Again, when we stand before the Lord, no, short, no shortcuts will be recognized. And only those that run the race by this guidebook that he has given us will be honored. So it's important that we understand what the Bible tells us, what it shares with us in directing our lives. For anyone that has been saved for any amount of time at all knows it's not easy to live the life according to the word of God. To follow it uh, each step and every day. It takes a lot of work. It takes a strong desire to follow what we find in Scripture. But again, it's important that we know it, we study it, we draw from it. And this is why David has given us some, some things to think about. He's given us the, uh, the idea of what we're to do and how we are to follow the Lord. The first thing I want you to see this morning is found in verse number 1, and that's David's proclamation. David's proclamation there in verse number 1. I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. David was making a point to share with everyone that he had a desire, uh, wanted that special closeness with the Lord to follow him, to have that fellowship like no other. He wanted to be a part of everything God had for him and all that God could offer. There are two specific areas that David had mentioned here that I believe he experienced personally. One we find is God's mercy. That's the first thing he mentions here. David, of course, 
uh, all that he had done, he had endured in his life. I'm sure uh, he was connected with God's mercy at many times. He was protecting his sheep. And while he was there, again, he uh, was attacked by a lion and a bear, as we've read in Scripture before. And he was protected because of God's mercy. The slaying giant and all that the giant had, was doing, it was there. He was protected because of God's mercy. David, again, was anointed and appointed as the next king of, uh, of Israel. God's hand was on his life upon that situation. In hiding from Saul, facing the enemies of the other lands, on and on we can see how God's mercy was prevalent in David's life. David knew God was with him. David understood that fact. And he wanted to make sure that he was to stand on that. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. This should be what we would want in our lives. This should be our desire as well as we're able to look back and reflect on God's goodness and His protection as we walk through this life. I'm thankful for God's compassion. I'm thankful that He is there every day that His mercies are not consumed. It's this same mercy that we enjoy the salvation of God, as we see Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. There's nothing that I've done or anything that I could ever do to uh, receive the blessings of salvation. It is because God has given us that gift. He has provided a gift for us, a way that we can enjoy that salvation. In Psalms 103, David exclaims uh, God's blessings and mercy, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. What a wonderful thought to know that God's mercy is there from the very beginning before we were ever created, and it will last beyond eternity. It is to everlasting. Psalms 108, verse number 4, David says, God's mercy is great above the heavens. So no matter how high you think you go in life, God's mercy is still there. No matter how low we may feel and what we're dealing with in life, God's mercy is there. What a, a great thought to think about. God's mercy encompasses everything about us. Everywhere we go, everywhere we're at, we'll understand that God's mercy is there. David felt that oftentimes in his life as he was going through, enduring different areas. But David didn't stop with just the good. He also mentioned God's judgment. Did David do anything wrong? Did he ever experience God's judgment? Oh, yes, he did. We understand that David had committed adultery. With this sin, he tried to cover it up with deception and eventually committed murder, ordering the death of another man. David was nowhere close to being perfect. We understand that. And because of his wrongdoing, God judged him. When we, as God's children, go against Him, when we drift away from His plan and fall into sin, God judges us as well. He wants to bring us back. He wants to correct us and put us back where we belong. The writer of Hebrews quotes Solomon as he wrote in the book of Proverbs, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of His correction. He corrects us and disciplines us to bring us back where we need to be. And I'm so thankful that we have the chastening of the Lord because that helps us identify who we are. If you are saved this morning and you feel that correction, that should be, again, a comfort to us that God loves us enough to draw us back, to get us back where we need to be, and that we can be identified as one of God's children. This is what David wanted to share in his life, to recognize God and sing of his mercy and his judgment, 
to establish a foundation of faith. To know what it is that no matter what I'm going through, whatever I'm dealing with, God is there. And He wants to help me no matter what. This helps us walk in a perfect way that we find there in verse number 2 through 5. So number 2 this morning is walk in a perfect way. Walk in a perfect way. David was not boasting about being without error or without fault. He was saying, I want to live my life completely and saturated in what God wants. I want to say that we as believers must desire this as well. I want to follow God completely. I don't want to just be a, a part-time Christian just going down His road just on Sunday while I'm at church or on Wednesday night if I come for Bible study. No, I want to follow God every day all the way and make sure His path for me is perfect and straight. David gives us a couple of things that we can examine and try to do which shows that. Verse number 2 says, he says, to behave myself wisely. Look there again at verse number 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. The phrase, behave myself wisely, means to act or to conduct yourself intelligently, properly, or circumspect. We are to behave wisely. Not just sometimes, but all the time. In every facet of our life. There are some who act a certain way at home. There are some that act a little different at work or at school. And there are some that act completely different when they come to church. And that's not the way it needs to be. We need to act the same way no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing, to follow God and behave wisely. Because many times we think we are fooling somebody when we're doing that. But you're not fooling anyone. God sees it. Other people see it. Everyone but you oftentimes. David was revealing his desire to live in a way all the time, even when he was relaxing as he was walking around the house. Now let me ask you this. Do you uh, dress the same way at church that you do at home? No, I don't wear a suit at home. I take it off. I relax. I, I'm a little different. I kind of let my hair down. I try. Um, <clears throat> we act different at home because it's our, it's our safe place. We want to relax there. We want to, uh, again, just have a time where we can have some ease. But are we acting different even in that aspect? David said, I want to walk in my house wisely. I want to even be the same person at home as I am everywhere else. Again, he was uh, very prominent. He was the king. So everyone knew who he was. He said, so no matter what, and whether I'm at home, whether I'm at work, whether I'm doing this, leading my army, it doesn't matter. I want to walk uh, and behave myself wisely. I want to walk in that perfect way. To help us walk wisely, we also need to despise the wicked. As verse number 3 says, it says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Again, when... Why was David so adamant about not looking at something? Why did he mention this, that he was not going to set a wicked thing before his eyes? Because he fell to that sin, did he not? Think again as, as Bathsheba was there bathing and he began to look and began to lust and to lean toward wanting that, desiring that. That's what happened with David. And he said, look, I'm making it a covenant not right now that I'm not going to set anything wicked before my eyes. And that's something that we all must do. We can't fix the world around us. We can't change what it is that's out there. But we can fix what happens to us. We can put our own blinders on. We can focus ourselves on where we need to be. And too many times we get distracted as others have done. And we start looking to the world and desiring and lusting what they have instead of what God has for us. And that can lead down the wrong path. Again, we can't change the world. We can't change what they want. We can't change the direction that they're trying to draw us. 
And this is why it's important that we have to make that decision to put that blinders up, to make that covenant with our eyes. You know, we have a hard enough time uh, living and doing what God wants us to do, that we don't need other things. <coughs> Excuse me, other things to draw us away. We don't need to have those other distractions. We don't need to get those things to, to pull us away. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, that for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to do, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would that I do know, do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Paul again was just saying that I know the direction I want to go. I know the, the way the flesh wants me to go. And it seems like it, I go this direction more than I go that direction. I'm following the world more than I am following God. And it's not easy, even for us, that are living uh, close as we can to God. So it's important that we, we do these steps. We make sure we take these things that are before us and we hide them, get them out of our way. We all know what will trip us up. We understand what will keep us from serving God and doing what it is we're supposed to do. This is why, again, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is so important. He is there to guide us, to direct us, that we can follow His path the way He wants us to do. David also mentioned removing the wrong people in verses 4 and 5. Look with me there. This is a froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whosoever privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart, I will, will, I, will not I suffer. Excuse me. A froward heart or perverse person is one who is false or crooked, trying to go their own way instead of doing what God would have them to do. For us to walk as God wants, we need other believers to help us, to encourage us. I want people that love the Lord around me. I want people that are following God to, to be around me, to help me, to direct and guide me, to encourage me to do the same thing. We must be careful of the influences we have in our lives that can easily steer us away and go the wrong direction. David was saying, I want to get right and stay right. But I must remove these things out of my life. When I do that, I can walk in a perfect way. If we want to walk right, if we want to do right and act right, it helps if we focus on faithful people. That's what we find number three this morning is focus on faithful people. Look at verse number six with me again. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way he shall serve me. We must remember that David here was the king. He had a lot of people serving under him. To be a good leader, he must have the right kind of followers. If not, there will be some that try to stab him in the back. There will be some that try to ruin his kingdom. There will be others that try to take control over everything. David wanted to dwell with the right people. It seems odd, but some people out there are actually called influencers. That's their job. That's their title is to influence others. Uh, someone trying to sell something, they will get an influencer or somebody of that sort to try to persuade you. This is oftentimes used as other actors or celebrities or, or athletes or whatever. They're selling a brand. They're selling a name. And, and not that they probably even have used the product, but they're smiling and they're pointing at it and that will make people want to buy it. 
That's just how uh, many of us are. We are influenced. We are persuaded by other people. So, again, David said, I wanted to, to dwell with the right people. I want to make sure those around me are influencing me the right way. Again, those that are following the Word of God, those that are teaching right according to God is what I want around me. David wanted the same thing. When those that don't follow the Bible or its teachings are what we listen to enough or closely follow, then they can easily begin to draw us away from what we have learned and what we know is true. This is why, again, I'm a very strong advocate of understanding your Bible, knowing what it says. The writer of Hebrews says in chapter 2 and verse number 1, Therefore we ought to give a more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time they should let them slip. Stop and think about that. Things that slip, it's not that you're intending to let that go, but too many times we focus our strength on something else. Or we redirect our thoughts to something else that it begins to slip and to get us away. Again, I want those things around me that, that help me. I want those people around me that are encouraging, that are focused on the Word of God, that have the same direction and desire that I have. Because I don't want to slip. I'm human just like anybody else. There may be times that I slip and I want there to, somebody there to encourage me, to pick me up and say, hey, keep going. So that's what we need to make sure we're doing is to make sure we are dwelling with the right people, those that are trying to be as perfect as possible. Now, again, the word perfect here means mature. It's not speaking of someone without fault or without error. No one is that way. If we want to build a house, think about this. You're going to uh, hire somebody that understands code. Can you imagine just somebody coming off the street and say, Yeah, I'll build you a house and uh, I'll do it real cheap. I'm just going to use half the lumber that's needed. I'll put two by, uh, a couple two-by-fours in there. Maybe I'll just use one-by-twos. You know, that's, that's okay, right? Just throw them out there. Uh, you hire somebody to do the electrical and you think, Ah, uh, you know, what color? Ah, it doesn't matter. Colors don't matter. Or could you imagine having a colored blind electrician? Uh, that would not be good. Uh, again, there's colors there for a reason. Understanding code, a reason. So again, you want to hire the right people. The ones that are perfect. The ones that understand their trade. And it's the same way in the Christian walk. David here said, I want to make sure I have the right type of people around me. That as I rule this kingdom will help us go in the right direction. Yes, I, I, we understand that he had the Lord guiding him. He, uh, we understand that he, he sought God for all things. But he also had the wisdom to know to have the right people around him. This includes those that serve. Again, it mentions there that he was going to have the right people that shall serve me. Ask yourself this question this morning. Who do you serve? When it comes to making decisions, who do you seek answers from? We often ask others their opinion, but seldom do we go to God seeking His will and asking for Him to help us. If you want to be right and stay right, as God wants, then you need to learn to seek Him and follow His commands. Then we come to our final point this morning that is found in verse number 8. We see that David protected himself. Verse number 8, David protected himself. I will early destroy all the wicked off the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. As King David wanted to protect his entire kingdom, he wanted to remove anything that was wicked. He wanted, <clears throat> he wanted to get those things out of the way that were not focused on God or were not following what they had uh, according to his word. 
He wanted to destroy anything and everything. Again, he was the king. He could do certain things like that. How often do we take that same standard in our life? How often do we stop and say, I'm the king of my life. I'm the one that's in control as I lead the Lord. And I'm going to eliminate those things. I'm going to get rid of this wicked thing. I'm going to take care of that thing and get it out of the way. And get it as far from me and not let it be tempting. David said, I wanted to get everything out of the kingdom. I wanted to remove it all. Because I don't want my people to be turned away. Think about this. When you make decisions and you have to, to, to decide things for your life. Do you go back and, and use the Philippians 4.8 test? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. It doesn't say go do them. It says think on them. When we think on them, when we dwell on them, when we, when we focus our thoughts on them, then that will allow the Holy Spirit to say, yes, that's good. Yes, that's right. Yes, that has virtue. Yes, that has praise. Think on those things. Direct your thoughts in your mind, and that will lead you in making the right decisions. If we want our integrity to stay intact, our life to be a living example, as God commands us to do, then we must protect our mind, our body, and our spirit. David wanted to eliminate, to destroy these things that were not favorable in God's sight. He wanted to remove those things so they were not to sway him in the wrong direction. Getting right and staying right with God is not an easy task. It's not something that you're just going to breeze through life thinking, oh, this is easy. It's not that way at all. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes falling sometimes and getting back up. Learning from your mistakes and keeping going. This is the only way we can walk perfect. Is that we behave wisely. We despise the wicked. We remove those wrong people out of our lives. And then focus on the faithful. Learn to protect yourself from the wicked. Satan is, wants nothing more than to see each one of us become defeated. I was talking with someone earlier and they said, I have a hard time with certain things in my mind as I'm studying verses or I'm looking at certain words and it seems like I don't want to stick. And I said, it's because we have an adversary, the devil, who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan does not want us to focus on his word. He doesn't want us to memorize the memory verses we have. He doesn't want us to be in church focused on what's being said. This is why it's hard enough oftentimes to be in church and you're not thinking about other things. It takes work. It takes dedication. We've got to make sure we're removing those things out of our life to help us focus on what God has for us. So again, to get right and stay right, we've got to be in the Word. We've got to follow what God has given us. And David has given us an example of things to look at and what we're to do. This morning, I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes as we have a time of invitation this morning. Are you right with God?